0: Last weekend, I started a seven-part homily series called Harvest. It's all about evangelization. Jesus says to us, the harvest is abundant. God's sons and daughters have been growing. God's children are being raised up. God is creating saints. And you and I are the workers called to bring in the harvest. That's a great definition of evangelization. It's just to bring in the harvest that God has already grown. Now, I want to take a straw poll of those who were here last weekend. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. Very simple questions, nothing big. When you heard me speak last weekend about how we're all called to evangelize and be evangelists, who felt excited? Raise your hands. Okay, who felt a little excited? confused or unsure raise your hands okay who felt a little bit afraid go ahead it's all right sorry okay not a lot of crowd participation here Um, but I think we had probably the most hands for I was afraid and I myself had a few fears last weekend I was a little afraid. I was was afraid, Lord, what if I preach this whole series about how our parish is called to evangelize, we're called to be evangelists, and what if nothing changes? Lord, I'm afraid of that. And my second fear was, I know that as a preacher, I'm called to practice what I preach. And my second fear was, Lord, I'm going to be preaching about evangelizing, making disciples, spreading your good news. And Lord, sometimes I feel like I'm bad at that. Sometimes I'm afraid of that. i got to admit that. I don't like that. That's why I had to talk to Jesus about both of those fears. I couldn't just let him be there. All the scriptures today are about fear. Jeremiah is afraid. He's terrified of what these people are going to do to him, but he reaches out to the Lord. Our psalm today was about trusting God in the midst of the storm. And then Jesus tells his disciples, who he's been sending out, to not be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, think about this. Last weekend, I didn't didn't touch on the fact that Jesus tells them to go out and with words and deeds do what he does. He tells the 12, I'm giving you my authority. Preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it's not far away. It's God's working now. And cure the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons. Demons ever wonder how they felt as he told them that? Were they afraid of going forth and going to villages, doing these things without Jesus? I mean, he wasn't with them in those villages. He gave them his power and authority. He wasn't with them. He said, do this just like I do. Like, what what did they feel? If you've watched that streaming show, The Chosen, they do a great little episode on this very moment where Jesus is commissioning them. And it's not like on top of a mountain, like a solemn ceremony. They're just like having a snack in the house. And Jesus is like, I give you my authority. Go out and proclaim to people the kingdom is at hand. They're like, okay. And he's like, and you will cure the sick and you will drive out demons. And everyone kind of like puts their food down and just like looks at Jesus with eyes wide open. And in the show, it's great because Jesus, he looks up and he's like, why are you looking at me like that? It's like so human. He's like, he's like surprised his disciples aren't like just with him. And they're like, wait, we you want you want us to cure the sick. Like that's that's your job, Jesus. You want us to drive out demons in your name. That's that's what you do, Messiah. And Jesus says, Well, I I give you my authority. You have my authority. And again, in the show, I think it's like Nathaniel who pipes up and he's like, Well, I don't feel any different. <laughs> Jesus is like, don't worry, you've got it. Like, they're sent forth. And I think the reason why we can be so afraid to be a parish that evangelizes and to be people that bring in the harvest is that our fear comes from thinking that the power is with me. Like, it's, it's my ability, my power, like, my ideas. It's not. It's the authority and power Jesus gives to you He says, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. It's all a gift from God. If you have a life-changing relationship with Jesus, and that's what we all want to have here at St. Rose, that's what we're all about. If you have a life-changing relationship with Jesus and your life is different, you didn't earn that. God invited you into that. He made it happen. He established the covenant with you. You've received without cost. And so you can go and give without cost and without fear because it's all up to God. It's all you, Lord. It's all you. Now, I've told you that with every one of these homilies, I'm going to give you some practical tools for evangelizing. And tonight, I want to give you two. One has to do with words. One has to do with deeds. Words and deeds. This is Jesus. He he preaches with words about the kingdom. He does mighty deeds. The disciples, they preach about the kingdom. They repeat what Jesus says, and they do the deeds he does. You and I are going to, to other people, speak about Jesus and his kingdom and about how our lives are different with words. And we're going to do deeds like Jesus. Jesus. You ready for this? If you want to yell, like, amen or hallelujah, feel free right now. Like, that's a great time. Great time to love your pastor. Like, amen, Father. Can I maybe a little bit of, a little bit, John, John, give me an amen, John. All right, John's starting the fire. Can I get anything else from anybody? Okay. Can I get, like, an hallelujah? Can I get, like, let's go for the harvest. Deb, give me a let's go for the harvest. Yes, thank you. The first practical tool is this. Start threshold conversations. Start threshold conversations. What does that mean? You know, this is actually more about listening to the words of others than speaking words ourselves. We'll talk about preaching words to others next week, but this is more about listening, okay? Listening is one of the most beautiful things you can do to help someone encounter Christ. A conversation where we listen to other people and where they're at with God. I say threshold conversation because a threshold conversation acknowledges that in modern America, people typically don't go from not believing in Jesus to becoming his disciple in a day. It's always possible that someone could hear a word from the gospel tonight and they're so moved by it, they're so convicted, they give their lives to Christ right here and they're ready for baptism. God can do that. But typically people move through thresholds, starting with trust. Is there someone who's Christian who I like and I trust and I'm not afraid? it could be like, could be like a building, like maybe someone doesn't believe anything that the church teaches, but they love to drive past the cathedral because it's beautiful. And that's connected with the church. Like, It's this very simple, is there something about Jesus and his disciples that I I like, I trust, and I feel safe around? That goes from trust to curiosity. People ask questions. Curiosity to openness. I kind of wonder what this thing is all about with Christianity. From openness to seeking, like what would it cost me to follow Jesus? I kind of want it, but what would I have to give up? To seeking to discipleship where they're all in. I'm yours, Lord. I follow you. I love you. I give my life to you. That typically happens in thresholds over the course of time. And so when you start a threshold conversation with someone, you're really just asking them about their experience of God and trying to see where they are on that continuum. One of the best lines you can use to start these conversations is to say to someone, what's your relationship with God been like through your life until now I'd love to hear about that and just let them talk if that's kind of hard to do usually that's for someone you might know already but maybe someone you don't know as well it could be something like when do you feel most fully alive in life what's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen kind of begins to get at these bigger questions about life You know, Jesus in the gospel, he asks about 150 questions. You should pray with the questions of Jesus. He's always asking questions because it opens people's hearts. And he really listens to what they say. What's the first question that Jesus asks in the Bible? Well, he asks one question when he's a teenager, but in his public ministry, his first question is, what are you looking for? That's the point of starting a threshold conversation. You're asking someone, like, what are you looking for in life? And especially, what's your relationship with God been like? And just let them talk. You don't need to argue. You don't need to defend church teachings. You don't need to, like, show where you're at in this whole thing. You're just prayerfully listening and honoring what they're sharing. And it's amazing how God will use that loving act of listening for them to encounter Jesus. You could also ask a question like, if God was here right now and you could ask him any question and he'd he'd answer you, what would you ask God? That's such a revealing question. A threshold conversation. You can do this if you're in high school. You can do this if you're 80 years old and you're senior residents. You can just find someone who you have a bit of trust with and you can just open that up. I want all of you for your homework this week to have at least one threshold conversation with someone. Probably easier with someone you know. I see we got Ada and Eamon Blomquist back here, brother and sister. You guys ask each other this question, okay? What's your relationship with God been like up until now? And just listen. I see we got Jessica and Mark here in the eighth pew. You can ask each other, honey, what's your relationship with God been like up till now? Or if God was here in the room and you could ask him one question, what would, what would you say? Parents and children, you can ask that question. The most important thing is just to love and to listen. You don't need to respond. You don't need to teach. You don't need to defend. You're just allowing the heart to speak. We'll get to part two next week, but this is so important. So have one threshold conversation with someone this week. That's the first practical tool. Second one, a little briefer, but it goes with it. That was the words part. What's the deeds part? The deeds part is we're called to build bridges of trust. Building bridges of trust. This is why hospitality is so important in our parish. Someone might come into this church. They don't like me. They don't like the church's teachings They they don't believe anything the church teaches is true, but for some reason they felt called to come here. This happens all the time. They come to a church, they come to St. Rose, and maybe they sit with you at Donuts out back. or Maybe they run into you in the parking lot and they feel your kindness. They feel your openness. And they're like, man, like I, I might not like this up here, but I feel like I'm safe and I feel like I can trust this person who's part of the church. You're evangelizing, you don't even know it. You're building bridges of trust with people. How can we love on each other? How can we serve each other, whether we're believers or not, to let people enter into that first threshold of trust? Maybe they're not asking questions yet about the Lord. They aren't seeking after Jesus, but they want to find something more in life. And it comes from that first step of, can I trust a Christian? Can I trust a church? Can I trust something about the Bible? How can you and I do that with our deeds? You know, we have prayer ministry after a lot of masses now at St. Rose. In fact, bar and Dave Vessel will be offering prayer ministry in the usual spot by the Sacred Heart Shrine. It's a beautiful act of love. We don't do it like to build bridges of trust with people, but it just happens as we're praying for people. Years back when I was in India, I met this little tiny enclave of Christians in a big village where it was almost all Hindu. And no one really talked to the Christians, didn't really like them, they were were the minority. But one of the neighbors of this Christian community, a few houses, one of the neighbors, her her knee was busted, and it hurt. And eventually, one of the Christians is like, can I pray for you for your knee? Okay, sure. They pray for her knee. She gets better. All of a sudden, the neighbors start talking, because there was a bridge of trust that was built, a deed of love. Let me pray for you. The Lord gave some healing and all of a sudden it's like, well, I didn't like you before but I kind of trust you now. You did something good for me and I'm grateful. Wow. That's evangelization happening. Happens in more ways than that. Um, I've always been struck for over 10 years by the story of a woman who was a professor at an elite university university She was a lesbian in a civil union with her partner, and she was totally staunchly against all Christianity. But she meets this other couple who invites her to her home. She doesn't realize that they are deeply believing Protestant Christians. And she keeps coming to their home. They make her dinner. They have have a good time with her. They're not preaching to her. They aren't shoving the faith down her throat. They're just building bridges. And eventually, the woman of her own accord decides to check out their church, decides to listen to the messages, decides to read the Bible. After a few years, she gave her whole life to Christ. She left her previous relationship and eventually she married her husband, had a family. Nothing is impossible for God. It's amazing what the Lord can do when we simply listen to each other's stories, we build bridges of trust and of love, and we realize that it's God doing the work. We don't need to be afraid. You know, Jesus in the Gospel is talking about his disciples being killed for their faith. We aren't even there yet. We're we're just afraid of our reputation. We're afraid of being seen as weird. <laughs> it's like friends that you're more important than many sparrows. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with you. Go and bring in the harvest. So this week, have at least one threshold conversation and build as many bridges of trust as you can. And if you're afraid, if you have fears tonight, then you just put those fears right on the altar right now. And Jesus will give you an exchange. You give him your fears, you give him your things you're scared about, being his coworker in the in the field. And he will exchange with you his courage and his confidence and his love for the Father. He'll trade you. So friends, be not afraid. Give your fears to Christ. You are called to bring in the harvest.